I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi folks, we're having a good day today, and let me the first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now before we begin, I must note that I'm not a doctor psychiatrist. If you're starting to ask you diagnosed with autism, please see a physician, unless you based on my experiences. That's not on the right to the intro natural. They are both found at danielbooking.com and mediafiresound.com. I also have a mission statement to review with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabilities. People on the spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities are not to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. I also have some paid for the following. Differently abled individuals can support and resources through Stonebelt, the South Central Indiana Agency, was founded in 1958, making it the oldest and largest organization in its field. Customers are not the only ones benefiting from Stonebelt services. Their efforts have led to a great deal of change. And Peace by Peace is a fantastic ABA center in Indiana, a family business that values each child and family is Peace by Peace. The use of evidence-based practices is our key to empowering parents and help young children reach their full potential. Among the areas served by the company are Fort Wayne, Lebanon, Lafayette, Crawfordsville, Cloverdale, and Frankfurt. You can learn more about them by visiting their website or contacting your local branch. You won't want to miss this exciting experience. Now, it is imperative that we discuss Farm CBD Oil in Bedford, Kentucky. In order to produce superior CBD oil, they combine agricultural, pharmacy, chemistry, quality, and engineering. Their mission is to surpass expectations in the hemp industry. Farm CBD is focused on quality. As well, Guthrie Creek Butchery deserves an audience. As a grower and operator whose group is made of Long-standing family members, Guthrie Creek is a small family-owned and operated business located in Bedford, Indiana. With our support of outdated and perishing butchery, you can be confident in your purchase. And in Bloomington, Indiana, there is a company called Safeguard. They are located on Kirkwood Avenue and can accommodate temporary business and security needs. Safeguard is the place to look for regulations when considering starting a business. I also have to talk about the Yoho General Store. Owned by Marcy Cook, this store is a Greene County attraction. It is a general store, but it's also a restaurant known for its southern-based cuisines and ice cream. Feel free to visit this wonderful place. Now, I'd like to go to Bedford and talk about Salt Creek Brewery, a brewery that offers craft beer with live music. However, what makes this place unique is that everything is done in a service workshop. It is a place to visit because you will never forget being there. Next on my list is Buffalo Wings and Rings in Bedford, Indiana. These are the best wings and rings on the planet because you will never be disappointed. The atmosphere and staff are so friendly you will go home with a smile. Finally, you should check out nearby Kona in Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington's Kona is great because it never disappoints. Considering how they serve great shaped ice, progress doesn't disappoint, gradually starting off great fall flavors such as apple and pumpkin pie. When you find them, do some highlights or grab an ice-cold treat or wave. And there are some people I'd like to thank. First, I want to thank my previous three guests, Isabella Johnston, Frank Mallett, and Rob Hodes in C217, employing and coaching the critics for more information. But what awesome people that are doing some work that is helping the world out. Thank you all. Keep doing what you're doing. And ARAR has three more volunteers. They are Rochelle Hoffman, Kaylee Phipps, and Liana Wolfson. Thank you for seeing what this movement is creating. And we did it, folks. We did the Autism Farm Day. It was an awesome day. It started with the Jeep ride and ended with festivities and live music. Thank you to all who are involved, but an extra thanks goes to Perry and Renee Fowler for letting us use the barn. I hope we used it to its greatest extent. And last week, I did three speed networking events. First, I did a speed networking event called Young Business Networking Hustlers Through Logical 
thanking business owners. Next, I did my friend's Jenny Bellinger's podcast networking event, Be a Guest, Get a Guest Networking. To end the networking day, I did a virtual elite networking and mastermind 3.9 through the Entrepreneurs Club. Thank you all. I had a great time. And last week on Thursday, I was on a panel with my friends, Abe Shapiro and C1114. Meet Abe Shapiro for more information and Adrian Nassim. The panel is called the same title as my gala, Success for All and How Do We Get There, was talked about the true definition of success. Thank you, Kathy Pratt, for letting me on. And since the last episode, I've been on the Dio Talk podcast with Dio Mark King Desias. What an awesome podcast, everyone. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to hear an ad from Bar on Maryland Ridge. So let's hear them out. There is a hidden gym in eastern Greene County, folks. Fowler's Pumpkin Patch and the Barn on Maryland Ridge Wedding Barn. Autism Rocks and Rolls is very proud to tell you about our friends, Perry and Renee Fowler, and their place of business. Both Fowler Pumpkin Patch and the Barn on Maryland Ridge is a relaxing drive approximately 15 minutes from the heart of Bloomington, Indiana, and an hour south of Indianapolis. You can find them at 53... 53- South Green County Line Road, Bloomington, Indiana, 47403. The property has numerous picture locations, including several rolling fields, antique tractors, red and rustic barns, trees, and much more. Customized wedding packages are offered on their website. The surrounding area also provides several hotels in which to have your guests stay for your destination wedding. Also, Fowler's Pumpkin Patch is a family-owned and operated seasonal pumpkin patch. It's the perfect place to take your family for some fall fun. Enjoy picking out pumpkins, hay rides, a corn maze, and a petting zoo. Call the Fowlers today at 812-327-4895 or 812-325-6022. All right, folks, I'm back. And yes, please check them out because you'll definitely hear the words I do at this wedding barn. Now for today's topic, it is something that needs to be talked about and something that we all need to have too. Now, and I'm not just talking for the autism spectrum, I'm talking about everyone. And that is discipline because we need to know what the right way of how society sees us. And I know we don't agree with society sometimes, but there are some aspects of society that we have to do. We have to communicate. I mean, there's no way around it. It may not be with words, but it's with something. And we have to go get groceries and survive. I mean, I know that as well and society agrees with that so we have to have discipline as we need to know our manners how to act the right way and how to interact with people because we don't come out of the womb perfect we don't learn to socialize or learn how to order a mcdonald's sandwich just like that no it's not like that it's with learning through examples and learning through our parents but With someone on the spectrum, it can be a little bit tougher because we don't see it. If we see the parents and we think it's wrong, then trust me, we're not going to do it because it's our way. And sadly that we have the My Way the Highway thinking of C-103, My Way the Highway for more information. But we can't have that all the time when it comes to discipline and how to act in public. Guys, we have to be on our best behavior or consequences happen, whether that be getting your video games taken away from you or something else. But... That is how you learn. Now, the definition of discipline is, according to Google, it is the practice of training people to follow a rule or a code of ethics by correcting disobedience through punishment. And punishment does work. It is a way of life, unfortunately, because while it is sad that we have to punish people for their disobedience and for their defiance, it's something we have to do. It's something that we have to do because it affects others. It may not be affecting you, but it's affecting me. And unfortunately, 
there's consequences for actions out there. And I realize that I probably have some consequences coming up, but I realize that, okay, it doesn't affect me, but it's gonna affect my family. So I'm gonna have to improve on it. And I'm trying my best, I'll admit it, but it is hard to do. It's hard to discipline someone too, on top of the fact that they're already having another challenge because we're adding more challenges to our already full bowl of cereal. We're adding more milk to the cereal and sometimes adding more milk to the cereal, as we all know, isn't the best because the milk can overflow. And that's the same way with discipline. Now you're adding more milk. It's not cool to do. And I'm not saying we should be excused from punishments, but you just gotta know what we're thinking about when we are being punished. I think this can be difficult because the parents sometimes don't know what to do and when it is an appropriate time to give them a consequence or be supportive because there are some behaviors on the autism spectrum, as you know, that we cannot help. But there are some times we're just being in our terrible two stages or being a child who doesn't get his favorite teddy bear. Add on top of this, some of the stuff they can't help and adding on regular discipline yeah it's kind of add to pick which route to go and it's hard to know okay do i tell him hey no more video games for the rest of the day or do i be like okay there's something that he's having a hard time with let me chime in again with some support and help him out because i'm his mother and find that's what good parents do and it's hard to pick because i'll admit it my mother didn't know which one some of the times because she said herself there was 90 percent of the time that she made the right decision so it was definitely the majority of the time however there was a small 5% where she admitted, I probably should have done that differently and support him or given him the consequence. So I do understand the challenge and the difficulty, but it's something that you need to know and learn because I don't want the Aspie to get punished for something that they can't help or get supported for something that they can help and where they're just acting like a bratty child. Now for the parents, I do want to say I know that it is hard to do, but it has to be done because we have to learn somehow. And I know the fact that we already have challenges and the fact that you're punishing a special needs child is kind of obviously looked down upon in society. I do see that even though they don't support us like, half the time, they look down upon punishing someone on the spectrum or someone with spina bifida. I don't know why, but that's just the way it is apparently. It is hard to do because you don't want them to have them go through this sometimes because you feel bad and you just wish there was an easier way. I do get that, but it has to be done. They have to learn, okay, I can't act this way. And there are different methods, which I'll talk about later, but they have to get that through their skulls so that when they turn 20, they're not ending up in a place where you can't see them or you have to see them through a glass or bars. And unfortunately, I've seen that happen many, many, and many times. If you want for the best, you have to punish them and show them right from wrong, despite what they have or despite what they are going through. And it will be a challenge through yourself because you have to step over your comfort zone as well and do kind of the hard punch like that, but you have to do it. And I think you'll see that you're growing as a person if you choose to do that. And when you don't punish us though, I'll tell you this, it's pittiness. And as I stated in my mission before, there's no need for pittiness. We do not want pittiness because we want to be treated like everyone else. When you don't punish us something we do, I know the kids are going, oh, I don't want to be punished. I'm on the spectrum. And trust me, don't use that with my mother. I've used that before a couple times. Didn't go so well. But although we're doing it, trust me, that whining and crying and moaning is stating, hey, we need discipline and we want to be like anyone else. No, don't pity us here. 
I know the message is saying otherwise, but trust me, the actions are speaking louder. We also need to understand that no matter who you are, no one is excused from consequences because no one in America has the right to say, I am perfect, I've never gotten a consequence before, or I am the President of the United States, I will never have a consequence. Uh, buddy, if you're thinking that, you will be widely mistaken and your life will be a hard one because that is not the truth at all because, my friend, you are bound to having a consequence just like anyone else because you have to be on your best behavior. You have to be a productive member to society. That's one of the rarest agreements that me and society have is you have to do something productive and while at it, have the right manners and have the right ethics. Now you could still get help, but regardless, you're still doing the consequence. And I know it is unfortunate and I know sometimes it's not fair, but hey, life's not fair sometimes. And unfortunately, I had to learn that the hard way many and many times. So regardless of who you are, you have the possibility of getting a consequence if you're not shaping up, as they say. Now, parents, there are some steps to discipline with someone with special needs. The steps are, in my opinion, First, you set expectations. Whether that be they can only play video games for this amount of time. Whether they can have one cookie per day. That's a limitation. You set expectations. Now, you do set the obvious ones too, like no hitting, no kicking, no punching walls. Because that's how they learn. They learn that through expectations and rules. So, you have to set them up. And you can even write them down. I've heard people in their houses write house rules. And they hang them up. That way, they can visually see, okay, I broke a rule. Let me just... Go to get discipline here. That was me. My bad. I know an apology is not enough. I'll not just do a consequence, but you know what? I broke it. It was on me. So you definitely have to set the expectations regardless of what it is in your house because there's going to be bigger expectations in the workplace and in public that they'll have to learn through you and you might have to teach them that as well. But first base is home. Home base is in the public, but you always got to start after you swing the bat. After you go to first base, you have to write the rules out and get that through before you can move on to second base, third base, and home base. And after you get to home base, it's just a cycle over and over and over that you can just repeat and they understand that and they'll probably land on home base every time. Step two would be to identify the issue because I know that there are some aspects of the ability that you didn't sign up for. But if you want to be their parent, you're going to have to adapt to it. And I know my friend, who shall remain nameless, had to go to the nurse's office for medical reasons. Okay, he couldn't help that. That's something he should not have been disciplined for. And thankfully, he wasn't. But I trust me, I would have been honest to someone if he got disciplined for it. Because that's something he cannot help. It's an issue, granted. I'll be honest with you there. But it's something he can't help. I can't help the fact that sometimes my mind goes into 50 different places and that I sometimes rock back and forth. It's kind of like whipping your hair back and forth almost, but instead it's rocking back and forth. But it's something that is out of our control. It's neurological. And it's not fair to punish someone for something that they cannot help. Because one, it's wrong. And two, they don't understand why they did it because that's part of who they are. You can't change that upon them. You can't change how they are as a human being or as they are, as a fellow person with an ability. Step three would be, if they can help it, then warn them so they know what to expect. Because I think it is fair to tell the child, this is what you're doing, you need to stop it. Because it's not cool to go into the punishment right away. It's not like, okay, you know what you did wrong, son? You're grounded. No, that's not cool at all. I don't think that's right. I think it's right to tell them, okay, this is what you're doing. 
Remember the rules? Okay, now follow it, please. It is fair, I believe, to do that. Because if you do the all the way, I think you have some anger issues and you should not be a parent. But it's fair for the warning so that you're telling them, okay, this is what we do. You may know better than this or you may not. However, I'm telling you right now, you need to be warned before this happens. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't stop this behavior, son or daughter, this is what will happen. And this is the consequence for your actions. And if you do that, trust me, I think they'll know because why in the heck would you get in trouble for something they already know what's coming? Because they should know what's coming. I think they're smart enough to see that at least. The fourth step is after the warning, you give them a consequence and you let it go. Because trust me, I've seen a lot of times where parents and child make a big show out of disciplining their child, okay? It doesn't have to go that way. No one needs to go that far. You just give it to them. It's like, okay, you broke it, son. You're grounded for two weeks and you let it go. It's not that hard because the more you ag it on, the more stress it's going to be for him and the other persons. I say, just do it. And then next thing you know, you're back to the way it is. Discipline is one thing, but then you go back to the way it was before the discipline happened because when discipline's over, it's over and it shouldn't have to be leached on for the rest of the day. I don't think it needs to be. The reason why is the more you bring it up, the more that you have to stay on it. And it's just going to cause for a bigger and bigger, bigger fight to where it couldn't turn into a show that the audience members don't not want to see. You have to turn into a disastrous circus. It could turn into a quick opening act, but it should have to go into the main event. Step five would be the other route or route B, and that is if they cannot help it, then support, 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 support. Because my friend, that's what they want. If they're doing something that they cannot help because we just want someone else to be on our side. Be like, hey, it's going to be okay. We know why you're doing this. I know that this is something you cannot help. So son or daughter, feel free to do it because I get that it's not harming anyone. And why not at this point? Because it's something that we have to do. It's something we don't want to do. It's something we have to do possibly because that's our coping mechanism. And the only mechanism we know that's working for us and I know we might get looks and I know we might get scolded for it but they need to understand that hey we cannot help doing what we're doing right now I apologize if it's bothering you but if it is just leave me alone mind your own business please now if it's harming someone that's when minding your own business stops but if it's not what's the point of you trying to harass and tease us about something that is neurological or something that we can't help. And we just want that support from our family. And in a sense, when you do that support us, parents, you're giving us the approval. You're giving us, okay, son, you're a good person. I know you're having a moment right now. And you know what? I get what you're doing. Keep doing it because my friend, it is something that we see that I know is beneficial to you and it's working and it's calming you down. No one's getting hurt. So you know what? Good job for being yourself. And it's not just a good job for being yourself. It's a good job for trying to handle the situation. Because in most aspects, when you're younger, yeah, it's probably highly unlikely that we won't handle it the best. But now that we're older and we're growing up, we're developing our own identity with our own coping mechanisms. We're also not being ourselves, but developing ourselves when we're having a maybe a moment that's not harming anyone. And we just want someone to either A, join in with us and see that, okay, this is what we have to do, or B, give us support and a nice pat on the back. It doesn't have to be like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. It doesn't have to be like that, but it could just be like a, to be like, I get why you're doing this. 
I'm right here with you. If you need anything, give me a holler. The next step is that they will not let it go. Try to calm down because I think we can avoid the cycling starting over again with this opportunity because we have the chance to just let it go and calm down, start all over because sometimes as we know, children do it for an attention and maybe that's why they're doing it, but they can calm down and we can go back to the way it was. We don't have to go a second round. It doesn't have to be like that. I think if we are starting to cycle over, we need to avoid that. That way, the cycle isn't going to go around and around and around and around 20,000 times. There's a chance to where the cycle can stop. And trust me, I'd rather have that cycle stop than keep going. We can do that by calming down and starting over again while accepting the consequence. I know it's frustrating to do, but it's the best out of doing it again and again and losing more opportunities and privileges than just losing one for the day. I know it doesn't seem that way because I get the point of I'd rather be getting in trouble more to get my point across, but trust me, I've tried that and it doesn't work well for anyone. The joke's on you if you choose to keep having the cycle going. Step seven would be to give them another warning and another consequence because if the cycle keeps going and they're choosing to have it moving more and more and more down the hill, you have another right to give them a warning. Like, okay, you want this again? Because we'll go again. We'll just say, we're going to lose it for an extended amount of time. Now you're going to lose this on top of it. You want that? Probably likely say no. And there you go. Warning, no consequence. And I know it's harder to do because at that point, you're just like, I've had enough consequence. You're grounded. Blah, blah, blah. I get that. It is aggravating to do, but that's being the bigger person and the bigger parent. If you're giving them another warning because you're telling them again, okay, we're going to lose more here because of your behavior. You're the one making this on yourself. I'm not the one doing it. I'm just doing the responsibility and being the parent. You're the one making all the consequences happen. And I feel like if you do that, they'll realize, oh, okay, I need to stop because I'm going to lose more and it's all my fault. My mom's not doing anything. She's just being a mom and a dad. You need to give them the second warning because make them learn that they're the ones making the mistake. Then step eight would be to give them another consequence because after they did it and you give them the warrant, they choose to go. Okay, I warned you, son. I told you what was going to happen. You're grounded again and you're losing this this time as well. I know it sounds mean to say that, but it's what it is. I mean, you have to give them a consequence until they learn. And if that includes taking something for two weeks, eight weeks, or however long you think is rational and reasonable, then that's what it entails because they have to know that I, my friend, cannot act like this and I cannot throw bottles of shampoo down when I get mad because it's not right to do and it affects everyone else. It's not harmful, but it's annoying as heck for the Walmart workers to clean it up and it affects them. So yes, you have to know that there is a consequence for the action of getting angry when you can honestly handle it in a much more better way. The final step is you repeat seven, eight, and nine until the child decides to stop. Because I know by then you just want it, oh my God, I just want it to be done. eventually give up. I know I probably caused my parents to give up several times because giving up, I'll admit, while frustrating, I get because you are human at the end of the day and you can only take so much. I think it's better to not give up on this because they have to learn that this way is not going to get them anywhere. While it does sting to take something every time they do this, after the amount of stress and amount of hard work that you had to go through, then yes, you keep doing it because they have to see this. And while it is not fun to do, I'll admit it, 
it's something that has to be done in order for them to be better men and women in society. And I know you want them to enjoy childhood because I'll admit I'm a firm believer in childhood, but I also believe in showing others what's right and wrong. So yeah, it is a sacrifice, but I think part of childhood is willing to sacrifice to show what's right from wrong. And if you think about it, the childhood they can make up for for extra time when they're done. Now, as promised, I will tell you the types of discipline parents can use, but I'm also going to tell you my thoughts of what I believe. So according to Amy Morin from the Very Well Family website, and there are five of them too, so I'll tell you all five. So the first one is boundary-based discipline. It is setting clear boundaries that show what children can and cannot do. Through experience, this type of discipline should be used when you set your boundaries and they are not followed. So my thoughts on this one is this would work in the field because whether you are low or high functioning, the one thing that every autistic person can understand is boundaries. I think sometimes we even like them because boundaries give us a sense of structure with a safe zone. And I think that's so true because boundaries make us feel safe. Restriction sometimes makes us feel safe because we're getting protected. And as we know, there are some parts of life that we need to be shielded from because it's so much from us. However, on the flip side, it may not work because those on the spectrum can use that to their advantage because I've seen it before. A couple times I've said, oh, I can't do it because I'm autistic. And I've gotten told, well, I'm sorry. You've got to figure out a way to do it, period. So for example, Timmy here who can't do math real well, he's like, well, sorry, I'm not going to math class because I'm autistic and I can't do math. Mm, sorry, buddy, you're going to math class regardless because it's part of the law or you can go somewhere else. Believe me, while frustrating, it is hard to do, but it is what it is and you have to do it. So make sure that they're not taking advantage of that boundary. Make sure the boundaries are rational and reasonable. Our next type of discipline is gentle discipline. It focuses on teaching children proper behavior. The method can be used to turn bad discipline into good discipline. When you check to see what the underlying problem is and after the issue is looked at, the behavior might stop. My thoughts, I do not like this method because it seems like you're putting a band-aid on the issue. Because you've heard of the beef ladies say, where's the beef? I'm the punishment dude kind of saying, where's the punishment? Because... There's no consequence. You just let them get by. You're putting a band-aid on the issue as you just don't want to do it anymore. So to be honest, this kind of could be considered the lazy way out. But I will admit though, this could work because I think most in the spectrum will learn their mistakes if the parents choose to use this method of discipline because one, it is gentle. I'll be honest with you there as it's in the name. Two, you're trying to reason with them. You're trying to rationalize with them. You're being gentle with them. You're showing that, hey, you have to be disciplined here, but we can do this right if you go along with me here and you're working together. And I think that's a great opportunity. My advice for this one is, Make sure you're the right type of person to go the gentle route, but also make sure that it's still discipline as well because you can't sugarcoat them with every part. You can't be like, okay, Timmy, you did this, no consequence for you. You can be like, okay, Timmy, I know you made the mess in the water with this humongous bathtub and the floor's leaking, but guess what? You're still not excused. You're cleaning it up with me and helping me out. The third type of discipline you can use is positive discipline. It is an idea that is used in some schools and in education that focuses on the positive aspects of behavior. This is based on the idea that there are no bad children, only good and bad behavior. Children do well when they are encouraged and feel a sense of belonging. Bad behavior occurs when a child is discouraged. 
My thoughts on this is all I will say I do love the message that this method uses and because it's true I don't think there's any kin made from brimstone and ashes. I don't see that at all and I agree 100% and I think this 100% works in the education field but at home while useful I do not believe that this is the best method to use at home because it's showing that you can't be yourself anywhere. I do believe in being yourself at home. I also believe that there are some positive aspects of behavior that you can focus on at school, and I agree with that, and I think anywhere else. I think this method truly shows the hidden rules of society because I think that there are hidden rules in society where it's not hang or it's not followed. For example, there's not a sign hanging at Starbucks that says you can't hit the employees at Starbucks. No, that's one you learn, and you learn that through public school. However, you're at home, and I think that you're putting too much of an edge on the kid at home. However, I will admit, in any other place, it's fine, but I would recommend not using this at home to show them that they can be themselves, and they don't have to act the same way in public like they do at home. I think they're saying mixed messages, and you're showing that you have to act this way in public and at home. No, I think you have the right to be yourself at home because a lot of stuff happens at home that we don't need to know about. Since home is a private place, that's okay. The next one is emotion coaching. That is practices that tune into a child's emotions and help them deal and work within their negative emotions, such as feeling mad and sadness. And as we all know, children do well when they are encouraged and feel a sense of pride. And sometimes mischievousness occurs when a child is discouraged. They can make better decisions when they learn to recognize and understand their feelings. Extracting this to your child will strengthen the bond between you two. My thoughts? This could work if this was used for a counseling session. Because my problem with this one is, again, I do not see a form of punishment. And as we know, children do need to be punished for bad behavior. However, this could work if you did do this and give them a consequence too. If you did the emotion coaching, but also gave a consequence, I could see that working. And if they do something that's just a little roughish. In my eyes, I do believe in having fun, roughhousing. I don't have a problem with it. And if it's something small. So, for example, the child takes a picture down and he doesn't destroy it. He just takes it down and there you go, abracadabra. There's no need to go into the positive, the gentle. There's no need for that. You could go to this and just give the explanation. Be like, uh, son, we don't take the pictures down off the wall, okay? Can you put it back up? That doesn't need any discipline or anything. That just needs an explanation and emotion coaching. And tell them why we can't do that. Now, if they were writing on the wall, I would agree. Because that's vandalism and destroying something. But when it's kind of sounded a little roughish on the level of taking a picture off the wall or drinking a whole gallon of chocolate milk, that's just a little roughish. I think that you just go into the emotion coach and say, no, 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 no. We put that in a cup and then there you go, you move on. So in my eyes, you need to use that for explaining. And I think that's kind of your first type of discipline to go to. If it's just a, eh, I think this can be solved with just explaining it to them. They're not doing anything awful, awful. It's just... A little mischievous and we can solve it as easy as a piece of cake. The final one is behavior modification. It is an early approach to modifying behavior using biological stimulus and reinforcement. It is similar to boundary-based discipline, but there is more emphasis on the warnings and rewards. It is possible to use warnings to help children hold themselves accountable. It can work because you can use the ways we are to stop the behavior. The way we are is the way we are and... Some of the traits we have, we cannot help. We have reactions as humans, and that's just proven in biology. That can be used to stop our reactions to 
something we love. Like, no, 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 don't take it away from us. Okay, that's biological. That's something that, that the pants can use to our advantage. You might as well use the human ways as discipline if you want to. That being said, though, this may not work because I see this theory come across as animalistic. And it's kind of scary that someone can use our mind and thoughts to stop a behavior. Because I find it scary that we can always be controlled like robots. Be like, okay, be good. Get a cookie. I must be good. I must be good. I mean, it's very, very scary to have that because of all the biological stimulus. And we're using who we are as humans to train us as animals, like sit and stay almost. That's not how we are. No, we're humans. But we shouldn't be learned with our human nature. I definitely would be careful with this one because using our human resources and human nature is sometimes not the best way because it could come across like you're treating them as an animal or a dog. And that's not what we are. We have our own unique traits and we can be taught ways that's not animalistic. The one that seems to be the win for the doctors are the positive discipline approach. And because I am not a doctor, I'll be honest, I do not feel comfortable sharing why. So if you look at the first video below, you will hear why Dr. Mary Barbia believes why the positive discipline trick is beneficial. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're gonna hear from Bobcat in Ellisville, Indiana. So let's get to it. Are you wanting to do construction in your life? If so, Bobcat at Ellettsville, Indiana is the place for you to work. For 60 years, Bob Curl and the other six locations have been offered as a resource to construction equipment and sales. They can provide you with Bobcat equipment, Cronkite trailers, Phil power tools, Echo Outdoor power equipment, Renmax power equipment, and Xmark commercial mowers. They also carry the products that are called Xaviators, compact track loaders, skid steer loaders, Versa handler, telescope tool carriers, all-wheel steer loaders, utility vehicles, and toolcat utility work machines, plus a wide section of attachments. Be sure to use their services and give them a call at 800-825-9132. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, if you check them out, you might find some bobcats. You never know. Now, when you are disciplining someone on the autism spectrum, there are some factors you must consider. The factors that parents need to look at are their functioning level. And this is an important one. You have to be realistic within their functioning levels because I have a friend who shall remain nameless. His consequence was each time he misbehaved in school, he had to put his head down. Now, I know for me that wouldn't work because I'm, I function. I understand like this is a punishment, really? Because I'm like, okay, and then put the head down, haven't learned anything. So, yes, I believe that you have to be within their function levels. I know middle functioning, maybe you could do something a little higher. I think middle functioning has the right to go to the office because they understand that in school. And higher functioning, too. But in my eyes, you have to look at their levels and see what they are as human beings. You have to get to know their level as well. The doctor just can't say, well, he's middle functioning. Okay, what does that mean exactly? You have to see their level to know what methods of discipline I can use on him that makes sense to him so that he knows what he did wrong. Because, hey, you send my friend to the office, he's not going to understand. But if you send, like, myself and middle functioning to the office, yeah, we'll understand we're being punished. And knowing what is appropriate for their levels is hard to do. But with a lots of research and lots of parenting and patience, I think you can figure it out. The next factor is age. And this is a big one because... Age does determine some consequences. You can't send a one-year-old 
through their room. That's not fair. You got to look at their age and what is reasonable in their eyes. What can they survive as a three-year-old or a six-year-old as a 12-year-old? Because you're probably going to get different consequences for those ages. For example, a three-year-old who's on a spectrum will probably get a timeout. A six-year-old on the autism spectrum will probably get a naughty corner. And a 12-year-old who's on the autism spectrum might get their phone taken away. So you also have to look at their age like every other parent does too. Just make sure that the consequence is not only right with their function level, but make sure it makes sense with their age physically too. The final factor we should probably all look at is communication level. While we're communicating, some cannot communicate and they have other ways of doing it. And you have to be sympathetic to that in my eyes a little bit because I think they don't want to be non-speaking. I think there are ways around it, granted, but I don't think they want to be at the end of the day. If they're getting frustrated because they can't communicate something, yeah, you have to look into that factor because they're trying to say something to you and they can't open their mouth and say it. You can't get too mad at them for that. I mean, you want them to talk, granted, and be like, talk, talk. But it's the way it is, and they can't help that. I'm not saying excuse them from consequences, but if it's a communication level, why they're maybe acting the way they are, freaking out, don't discipline them. Help them out instead. Now, lots of times, parents wonder this. Do they understand that they are being punished, and will it affect their relationship? The answer to me is, if the punishment is used correctly, the answer is yes, because like everyone else, they do need to learn right from wrong, and no, it will not affect your relationship with your loved one. If you are still skeptical, then check out the second video below to see a dad discipline his son after a son who is on the spectrum make a humongous mess in the bathroom. Now, parents and teachers, I want you to understand that because of our anger and see 1112 flying off the handle, but mainly the parents, I want you to hear this. And I'm seeing this with clear emphasis. You cannot try to intimidate us at all. That is a big no-no. Because when we are threatened, you're taking the chance of the Aspie fighting back. Because this is our belief. If we are threatened, it's simple. You hit me, we hit you. And I'm not saying that because I want to say that, believe me. But I also believe that that's the thought of someone on the autism spectrum. It's something that I thought. I know when my mother and father intimidated me, I knew a couple of times. I hate to say it, I'm not proud of it. But yeah, I, I hit him. I mean, because I was intimidated. I want to explain this. You gotta understand through our eyes that in our minds, we are trying to defend ourselves. I'll admit it's not, but think of that for a minute. When we're intimidated, yeah, we are very conscious about that and we are intimidated. And the only way we know how to get out of it is to fight back. So we're either going to strike as well or get intimidated back and get really crappy with you. So I'm not saying that we need to excuse hitting, obviously, because hitting's not right and there's no reason to. However, you need to be the bigger person, parents, and you're probably thinking, Sam, that's not fair. I don't get to hit him. That's not fair. He hits me. I don't get to hit him. What? Well, yeah, and I get the feeling and that feeling does suck. That being said, though, I think you need to be the bigger person and not do it because... If you want to teach your child not to hit, then hitting them back's not the way. And I know hitting is hard not to do because you want to like smack them upside the head, like knock it off. But that's not the way to do it. If you want to teach them not to hit, then trust me, you cannot raise your hand and do it with more patience and maybe more passion and a lot more 
calmer than we are at the moment. Also, I want everyone to know that sometimes we do not intentionally misbehave. This is true because sometimes we're being autistic and we don't realize we're misbehaving. I've been blunt before. I've been told like, uh, Sam, why did you do that? I'm like, what? I was just being truthful. I was like, yeah, but you kind of misbehaved there, my son. And instead of getting disciplined for it, I got explained. That was when my emotion coaching came in. But in all seriousness, that we don't mean to misbehave sometimes. We're not doing it for the attention. The sensory meltdowns that we have in C-107, meltdowns autistic style, it's not a misbehaving. It is a neurological chemical imbalance that is in the mind, and sometimes we cannot control our mind. Unfortunately, that sadly comes with consequences every here and there. But I just want everyone to know that with the punishments, we're just being who we are. And that sometimes does bite us in the butt, but it's not intention all the time. Sometimes we're just doing what we think is what's the most logical and what makes the most sense to do at the moment. Also, I will say that there are tools that parents can use when disciplining a child on a spectrum. Some you can use are, this one first one's kind of funny, but a pillow. And this one at first, I was like, really? But then the more I looked at it, and when our friend stated that sometimes he uses his pillow to let out his anger, that made the most sense because when I thought of it, I got the conclusion that a pillow can kind of be like an adult stuffed animal because let's think about it. As children, mainly boys, we love to wrestle with our dolls, right? We love doing the spears. We love punching our dolls. We love roughhousing with our stuffed animal or our dolls, right? So now we can't do that anymore as we grow. And we probably did that a lot as a child to let our anger. But the more I thought of it, I don't see why we can't stop. Because now we can use a pillow. And it's kind of funny that you're getting a pillow fight with yourself. But it's still manageable. And it would work because you're having an outlet to let out all your anger. No one's getting hurt but a pillow that I feel sorry for. But the pillow might understand why it needs to be done, though. Plus, if you think about it, let me ask, who's it harming? It's not harming anyone if you wrestle with a pillow on the floor. A, B, no one can see you. It's not the fact that you're going to get looks. So why honestly not do that? Because no one's around. And it's not like you're going to get a full audience that's going to boo you. And you can't do it in public. But why not at your house where no one's around and no one can know that you wrestled a pillow? Our next tool that can be beneficial is medicine. And yes, you got to sing it. Come on, it's like bad medicine. In all seriousness, medicine is beneficial. I also believe that I'm not saying that we should take medicine all the time though. I will say that but using medicine to help. Yeah, that's beneficial. If it needs to be done, it needs to be done. I know I take a medicine that is definitely in my toolbox because if I don't take that I basically have anxiety and probably am a lot more grouchier and meaner than I might already be a little bit. I definitely say if medicine is a tool that can be used and is beneficial why not? Now, obviously, I would say follow the rules within the meditation, meditation, follow the rules within the medicine, but also if you need to use it, use it. Don't be ashamed of taking a pill or drinking some liquid that has some medicine in it to help with the discipline aspect on the autism spectrum. My next tool that you can use maybe is their special interest in C205, finding the blueprint for more information, but this could be a tool to calm them down and I know you're kind of, in a sense, rewarding bad behavior almost. I do understand that. But I also believe that this could be beneficial to take them from the gas pedal to the brake pedal because 
it gets them to stop and realize what they are doing and see that, okay, I need to calm down and we can get this consequence over with. So I would definitely say it is a tool to use, but also be careful to make sure you're not rewarding the behavior. Because I also believe that special interests are a part of us. And I hate to say this, but I wish sometimes that there was a way to where my family and other parents didn't have to take away our special interests because I think it's practicing for our future skills. However, I think it also might need to be taken away because it shows us that you have to be a good boy to earn this privilege that you so love. And I'm neutral on that. That's an opinion up to you. But I think maybe if it's in the moment, yes, I would say their special interests might be a tool to use because you can talk to them rationally while they're still using their special interests. But like I said, the opinion is up to you whether you want to use it or not. Just know each way has its pros and its cons on that particular case. Another tool that could be a possibility to use is fidget toys. And this is very similar to the special interest, but the difference is it's fidget toys and we're kind of feeling fidgety when we have these fidget toys. So it kind of works out perfectly. That's kind of a little pun there, it wasn't meant to be. But in all seriousness, I do believe that Fidget toys are helpful because as a person with autism and ADHD, I know it helps me when I'm getting angry and when I'm in the moment is a fidget toy, kind of, because I can fidget and I can move my hands because sometimes what we need to do as fellow Aspies is fidget and move and walk, run for our way to calm down and stem. I mean, it's just what we have to do in order to calm down. Fidgety with our hands, feet, and everything, basically, when it comes to our body. Fidget toys can be beneficial, but I also believe that you do have to rationalize with them while they are using the fidget toy. So I definitely say if they're going to go the fidget toy route, the best thing to do is give it to them, but also talk to them and get the consequence still while they're using their fidget toy. Our next tool that we can use is an ABA tool that is used and you can use too. It stands for ABC, Antecedent Behavior Consequence Chart. This is beneficial because it shows visually the step-by-step. So first is the antecedent, which was what caused the situation, the behavior you did, how you, and what was the appropriate response, and what you did, which was very inappropriate. Here's your consequence. So it definitely makes sense. I definitely support this tool because it's very logical. It's understanding what you did. It's giving you a visual aspiration. There's no way of running away from that visual chart because it shows what you did. In my opinion, this is definitely a tool. So I would say use this if you're in therapy, but also use it at home because it will show step by step. Now, the only issue I have with this is if they're low functioning, they may not understand. So in my opinion, if they're on the low functioning end of the spectrum, try to use something else. But if they're in the middle of the high functioning, they might be able to understand this. So definitely if they're middle on the high, And I would suggest using this because it will give them an idea of what to do and what they could do next time because they'll know through a chart and explanation. The final tool that I will suggest is room or space because I'll be doing this later, but I'm going to be mentioning all the consequences we typically use in America or the most common ones. And one of the consequences really uses this one because if you shun the behavior, hint, hint, wink, wink, this might be a great tool because on the spectrum they need room and space to really think about what they did 
but also they're in the moment needing room or space because it might help them realize that no one's going to pay attention to me or I did something really wrong. I need time to reflect. So I think this could definitely be a beneficial tool to use if done correctly because it may not be done correctly for others. It may not be beneficial. But if you're the type of person who is a reflector and wants space a lot and not maybe a personality B, I could see this being a tool that is useful for you. But I would also recommend to give it a try because you never know, it might work. And how do you know unless you don't try it? But psych, that's not the final tool. There's a big tool they can use in their toolbox that deserves its own category. And that is dun 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 therapy. I know people have their own views with ABA and occupational, along with all other genres of therapies that one person can think of, but one cannot argue that therapy teaches self-control. I have evidence to back up my statement too. If you look at the third video below, you'll see how an ABA therapist disciplined a client. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're in here from Rise Autism Therapy Services. So let's hear from them. Rise is a new ABA center committed to serving children and teenagers from two to 16 in Bloomington and Evansville, Indiana. They value quality of care over anything else. That is why their BCBAs have small caseloads so that your child is a priority. We are dedicated to supporting families in our community to make an impact that is lasting. The small clinic size allows them to be available for you. They want to help make your family's life better and more enjoyable. To book a session, call them at 812-287-8561. Or if you have any questions, please email them at admin at riseautism.com. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, if you check them out, you'll definitely rise to the occasion. Now, as I've stated earlier, there have been a lot of times where I mentioned times you should not discipline your child. But I'm going to tell you more. So according to some general research and some of my thoughts, some of those moments are during anxiety attack. And see, 109 autistic butterflies, more information. But yes, I will admit, I do have anxiety. And a lot of people on the spectrum have anxiety. And it's neurological and we cannot help it. I have a situation I could bring out the other day. The day before the autism farm day, I'll admit I have an anxiety. It was pretty bad. And I just thought no one would come. And I know it's unrealistic, but you got to understand I can't help thinking like that because it's a fear I have that's not a lot of people came to my events in the past, such as birthday parties, Christmas parties, Halloween parties, just all the type of parties and all the other plans that fell through. Thankfully, it's changed and I have some people come but it still sticks with me and it's still a fear. So that's why I get afraid. And we shouldn't be disciplined for something that we can't help and we how we can't help feeling. As my mother says, you can't help how you feel. And in this case, I can't help how I feel. I want to help it, granted, and I hate doing it just as much as others hate me doing it, but sadly it is what it is and we all together have to get through it. The next idea where you should not discipline a child is peer pressure. And this is relevant and reasonable because it's the fact that we can get peer pressure and influence easily because we want to find that place where we can fit in. Getting peer pressure to do something to get us in trouble, yeah, we will do it because we don't fit in a lot of times and this is a rare chance we do and we get the opportunity to, oh my goodness. And I know it comes at the expense of others and at the expense of some of the teachers but you got to understand that this is what we have to do to fit in. This is what we want. This is what we have to do. And I know we shouldn't be doing it, but we want to fit in so bad that we don't care. And we shouldn't be disciplined for trying to fit in. And I know if it's wrong, there should be consequences, but not like discipline nagged on. Be like, okay, son, you messed up. You know the consequence? 
let it go because you were peer pressured and you shouldn't have done that. Now you know for next time. The final idea you should not discipline us for is an unfair moment. Now what I mean by this is sometimes life is not fair and we do need to learn that, but we shouldn't be disciplined for something that was robbed from us. Case in point, I know that through the seventh grade, I was supposed to receive the honor roll award for getting all A's and B's. But apparently, somehow, it took it down to a C because I took a test and it went down for barely. And I'll be honest, I lost it because I was lied to. I was robbed. Thankfully, I didn't get punished. I had an amazing TA, and she helped me through it, and I'm very thankful for it. But I would also say that it's not fair to be disciplined for because what that went the opposite way? What if I got punished for it because I got lied to and it was an unfair moment? Because I think we all need to learn that life's not fair and it's a hard pill for us to swallow, but we shouldn't be disciplined for learning that lesson. I think as children, we think life is fair and at an eight-year-old's age, it takes time to learn that because they don't learn that perfectly. They learn that as they get older, but as an eight-year-old, no, they're not going to learn that. It's a tough pill for them to swallow but it's a necessity pill that they have to swallow in order to move on to the next chapter in their life. Now, to the Aspies. I tend to be more considerate with the anger and see 1112, why not to handle for more information, although I do, as I understand it may be difficult to handle, just know that society doesn't care. And I know I am paraphrasing what I said in the anger episode, but this is so true because if you choose to act out in public, the results will be you lying on the ground and being disciplined. Because let's be real here. Because like I said in the anger episode, you'll get removed, but you'll also be disciplined. There will be a consequence for acting out in public and having that. It might be going behind bars. It might be going behind a squad car. It might be something. But I know you'll get disciplined for it and you're going to have to learn your lesson through it. So whether you like it or not, Although you can't help it, you're going to have to find a way to if you're going to go out in public or otherwise you have to be ready for a lot of consequences because they don't care. But the best idea is to manage it as best as you can. And if you cannot, I would suggest not going out to public then or find someone else to handle your needs. My next point now here is for everyone. But I want to tell anyone that there is no shame in gain discipline because all they are is gaining knowledge opportunities. Everyone is playing the game of life, and as a child, everyone has to learn what is right from wrong. The methods are different, and for me as an 8-year-old, I did question why I had to go through these consequences and outcomes. But now, as someone who went through childhood and is now 20 years old, I see now that they're doing it for their own good. And it's so true, because we're doing it for our own good. You're trying to learn to be successful. And when we're doing that, it's learning opportunities. You're learning that I can't do this, but I can do this. I can't do this, but I can do this. And I know that sometimes it's harder and there are factors, but it's also to everyone who's not on the spectrum because there have been times where I have made a mistake and I've owned up to it. We all make mistakes. We're human. I know we made some make multiple mistakes and have to pay in prison, mental health institutions, but they're still human at the end of the day and they're learning still. And I know sometimes that it changes your life. Think on the bright side, you're learning. You learn your mistake. If you get the opportunity to get out, it make your life better. And if you get out of the mental institution, you can make your life better. They're all opportunities to make your life better. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to hear from Unlocking the Spectrum. So let's get to it. <laughs> 
At Unlocking the Spectrum, we are committed to making the highest quality ABA therapy accessible to all children with autism. We pride ourselves in offering fun, compassionate, and data-driven programs for individuals with autism and unparalleled support for their families. Our personalized approach means that every unique child is given just what they need to reach their maximum potential. We are so happy to support Sam in his mission of taking the stigma off of autism. You can learn more about our services and employment opportunities in both Indiana and Texas at unlockingthespectrum.com or by calling 855-INFO-UTS. That's 855-INFO-UTS. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, if you check them out, you'll definitely unlock the key to success. For the autism world, discipline is something we may not want to have and may not follow the rules, but it's something we need and deserve. To see why, look at the fourth link below to read this article about the need of discipline and why it intervals with structure. There can even be factors that is not because of others, but because of ourselves or certain situations that we are acting out and wanting discipline. Some of those ideas are frustrating. And this is true because those on the spectrum at a younger age do not have a yellow light. They either have a green light or a red light because we can go from green to red very quickly and we get frustrated easier, which kind of just turns us snippy and grouchy and kind of makes us want discipline as we get more crappy. So understand that sometimes, yeah, we get frustrated, but it's not necessary to take it out on others. And we want like, positive discipline where it's not punishment but just advice to where how can we handle this frustration without getting into trouble the next reason is the attention because i think sometimes the majority of more people than those on the spectrum also get more attention because we're not paid attention too often i think we get excluded and see 118 push the side with more information so we just get attention by trying to get into trouble i know a lot of kids do that I know someone who shall remain nameless was a very smart kid, but he just wanted attention because he feel like he had to do that in order to fit in. And that's the same way we feel sometimes that we have to do what we have to do in order to get the attention. And I know it's negative attention and not getting, getting punished, but it's attention. You know, we feel finally a sense of someone's paying attention to us and that makes us feel good. So if we have to be bad in order to get the good attention, then that's what we have to do. Believe me, we don't like it, but it's what we have to do in order to feel better about ourselves. The next reason why we could be acting up and wanting discipline is a mental health day. So I have a question out there. If you've had a mental health day, how do you feel? Yeah, you don't feel too well. You feel basically worthless. When you have a mental health day, yeah, you're not the same. You kind of wanting discipline, which is help as well, but you also sometimes take it out on others and they didn't do anything. It's just that we want help and we're feeling awful. Let's take it out on you, which is kind of our method, which needs to stop. But that's why we're feeling awful is we're just not feeling well mentally and we take it out on others. We should all have mental health days for ourselves. And I know mental health people out there and mental health advocates have mental health days. But I think we all need to be careful on not taking out someone so we can avoid getting in trouble and getting the negative type of discipline. The final reason is transition. This is going to start with an acronym, which is Taffy. And I'm not talking about Laffy Taffy, no, although I would kill some for right now. But it's a different Taffy, and that is transitions are frustrating for you. And it is true. They're very frustrating because... We do get very agitated when we have to transition because it stings and it bothers us and it might lead us to some discipline. C-106, daily changes, more information. But when we're changing, it might lead us to have to get a consequence because of how we handle it. Sometimes isn't the right way. We panic, we get frustrated, we get mad, we get aggressive, and it's not fun to do, but that's the only thing we know what to do. 
Now, clearly I stated before, don't punish them if they're having an autistic moment that they can't help. But this is a moment I think that they can help. And it's a rare one, but they can. They can understand the transitions. This is where you do discipline and try to help out. Now, everyone will be right back. We're going to hear from Great White Smokes, but stay tuned. In the town of Bloomington, Indiana, you can find the best barbecue meat at Great White Smoke. Owned by Dave White, Great White Smoke offers meat catering for events such as weddings and birthday parties. They've won awards such as the 2021 number one food truck in America Grand Champion and the 2019 Kentuckiana Barbecue Pitmasters King of the Q. If you're looking for someone to cook meat for your event, then Dave is your guy. Book them for your next event at 812-229-7571. You can drop them an email on their contact page as well. All right, folks, I'm back. And yes, if you check them out, you won't be hearing smoke on the water. But you'll be hearing smoke on the grill. It is now time to talk about the consequences we use in America and what they mean. I will also state my opinion on why the punishment does and does not work. So according to my general research and some of my thoughts, the punishments are spanking, which is a formal corporal punishment by that a person's bottom or hit with the palm of the hand or an object to force physical pain. Some countries prohibit hitting children in all settings, including homes, schools, and correctional facilities, while others allow it for parents or guardians. Now, this is my opinion, and I might get spanked for saying this literally, but I don't believe in spanking. I think that it's wrong. I think times are grown up and there's other options now. As a harmless person, I would not do any punishment that involves pain. However, I will admit, though, there are two pros to spanking. So one pro is it is an attention getter. As someone said, if you don't understand verbal instruction, then maybe you need an attention getter. Well, I hate to admit, but he's right. If you might need an attention getter, spanking is an attention getter because all you got to do is boom and you're done. And they got the message pretty clear, I think. And as my Papa Gary said, it takes them one time. And it truly does because it takes them one time to get the smack. And the next thing you know, they're done for the day. So I would say that while I don't agree with it, I'll admit it. Those are some ideas that make sense. However, in my opinion, it doesn't work because you're sending mixed messages. So you don't want us to hit, but yet you're hitting us. What the heck? That makes no sense. And there's a chance we'll fight back. If someone did spank me, I knew I did fight back. I will admit it. And as parents, I thought we were supposed to be nurturing and loving. Well, I don't think spanking is really nurturing and loving. I don't think it teaches anything as well, and that's another problem. You're not teaching anything. I thought as parents, we were also supposed to teach. Okay, does teaching involve hitting? My answer, it doesn't. Why the heck are we spanking people if it's not going to teach them anything? Our next consequence is a timeout. It is a punishment idea where your child is removed from the location of every misdoing and placed into a chair. Your child is away from all the fun. During timeouts, they do not get attention. They cannot interact with Pantra or anyone else, and they must be quiet. So the pro with this is they lose something, which is child time, as I call it. And I think losing child time from their childhood is worth sacrificing in order to show them right for wrong. However, there are a couple of problems I have with timeout. One, the child could care less. Let's say, for example, Johnny here did something wrong, and he has to go to timeout. Well... Timeout isn't really his thing because he's like, eh, whatever. I don't see a punishment for this. It may not work because they don't really care. There's no lesson being learned because it's not a punishment to them. It's just a, it's just an okay whatever ordeal. And let's be honest, you have to go back and forth because, whew, if you have to go back and forth to put your child in the timeout chair, you've gotten your exercise for the day. And I wonder though, is it worth going back and forth putting your child in a timeout chair? 
just to show them that, hey, you had to sit here because you misbehaved. It may not be. It might. I don't know. That's a good question up to you. This is also kind of a neutral view, but it's a swing and a miss because if it's done correctly, it is effective. But if not done correctly, it will not work. So when you do the timeout, you're taking a risk. So I would make sure to study in depth on how to do a proper and rightful timeout before you do it at all. Next consequence you could do, as this is what I was mentioning earlier, is ignoring bad behavior. Ignoring usually helps children stop the behavior we used to get your attention with, but if you disregard, don't look at or talk to your child, ignore protests all along with excuses as attention. And this could work because it shows them a lesson because as adults, we can't go to the store and go, <laughs> we, I mean, we can't do that. You get looks at and then you also probably get removed from the situation. So it's showing them that as well, but it's also teaching them that you have to communicate in order to get what you want. You can't go, I want a Donald You got, you got, like, hey, I want this or I want this and the nicest most respectful way possible because you're not going to get anything if you whine and you moan and you complain in public. They won't take it. Also, there's some issues with this one. The first issue is, to me, it could make a parent feel weak because when I see a parent ignoring a child's bad behavior, I'm thinking, what are they doing? They don't know what to do with him. So in my eyes, it kind of makes you look weak. And some behaviors, though, cannot be ignored, such as kicking the wall, breaking a vase. I mean, it can't be ignored. So some of them can't be ignored. And you can't do this all the time. And for the non-speaking Aspies, you got to understand they might be saying something. So if you ignore and they're saying something, that's not cool to do. They're trying to tell you something. It's just you blandly ignoring them when you're mean not to, I know. But that's what they're taking it as. So definitely be careful with that one. And just know when it can be ignored and when it cannot be ignored. And if it's someone on the non-speaking end, then I would recommend not using this form of a consequence. The next idea is distracting a child. It is an idea where we get our children off the behavior, then they will stop. Using the positive discipline method, when children get distracted, their attention is diverted aside. It is easier to use distraction assumption instead of arranging how to handle challenging situations for your child. Okay, the pros are, I'll admit, it's the nicest out of all the options, and it's helpful, and everyone is happy because it's definitely a tool, and it's for really good parents who just want to support. It makes everyone happy to where we didn't have to go there in the first place. And it's the most beneficial in the autism world because they're not understanding some of the behaviors that they're doing. But the problem is there's no teaching. There's no fixing anything. All you literally did was put the paper towel in the drain and just clogged up the sink. So in all honesty, what are you doing without teaching? You're just building up the water and you're not teaching them anything. We have to teach them and show them what they did wrong so we don't have to keep building up and we can get to the point where the water will eventually sink. The next one is TTT, which stands for temporarily taking a toy. It is a punishment where the parent takes a child's toy and returns it when the task is done. The pro with this one, it shows that toys are a privilege because I was raised where... I had guaranteed food, a roof over my head, and a mattress that I could sleep on. And I was raised that toys were a privilege. And I agree because you do not have to own toys, children. They're just something for you to play with and it's an accessory. So yes, we have the right to take your toys. And it's not something that you must have, no. It is a privilege, an accessory that you can use, but you have to earn the right to use it. And you earn it by showing me some respect and showing me that you love me and you care for me. Now, I know some are in different circumstances and have different households. But that's what 
it is in a good family household. But the con I have with this is it's only temporary and for a day with a short amount of time. They may not learn if it's only for a short amount of time. Maybe if it was someone older, yeah, this punishment wouldn't work because they'll be like, eh, okay, whatever. I got other stuff to do. You're not going to kill me with this. So I would say it won't work for someone older. But for someone younger, like in the toddler age, that might work because it's getting them a head start of showing that I have to be respectful in order to have these amazing accessories in my life. Our next consequence that we have is a reward chart. It is a way to encourage positive behavior in children. It comes by multiple shapes such as wall posters and apps. Reward charts name and signify positive actions including aspiration you want your child to achieve. The pro with this one is it gives them something to work on because it gives them something to work at as they try to work on their behavior and they're doing their best to because that's what they want. They have a goal in their mind. So it's logical because it's showing if I do this, I get this. So same way with work. If you work hard, you get incentives. So they're working hard in order to get an incentive. And they can use that in the adult world when they have to go from a reward chart to gain a bonus. But the con of this issue, my friend, is they can easily manipulate the chart. Because I'll be honest, kids are a little sneaky turds sometimes. In this case, they can really sneak and move it around and try to manipulate you and lie to get to that incentive, which I know will kick them in the butt later. It still may not worth going to it in the moment. So I'm wondering, is it even worth it if they cannot be trusted with the chart? The next punishment that you can do is go to bed early. It is a way to punish your child by making them go to bed when it is daylight out. There's a pro and a con that kind of equal each other out. Let me explain. So you have person A named Johnny who has to go to bed early. And he's the personality A type. Yes, it will work for him because he, he gets bored and he feels like he has to do stuff. He's a very antsy person. He's like an adventurous person. He likes to walk. I mean, do everything that's outside of his house. So when you make him stay in the bed, yeah, he's going to get antsy. Like, I can't sit here. I can't sit here. I can't sit here. I can't sit here. Uh, 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 uh. I can't sit here, man. I gotta do something. I gotta sit here. I, I can't. Like, that's how he feels. He feels so antsy that he can do it, but it's hard for him because it's so antsy. But it works because he'll know next time he'll go back to that bed and he'll have to sit there. But it may not work for the other person because Jamie, he's the personality B type. He's like, okay, I kind of prefer that, actually. And you never know. He'd probably fall asleep, too. So I would say definitely know your child assessment if they're a personality A or a personality B personality type. But also make sure they'll be willing to do it at the same time because they may not stay on that bed and you might have to go a different route. Our next consequence is going to room. Is a literal order commonly by a parent that commands it to keep a child in the room for a while as a punishment. The pro with this and why it works is I think they have a fair but limited amount of space. I think that we shouldn't confine our children to a box. I don't think that's right. I don't think you should try to push the child in the small box to where he can't move his arms. I don't think that's right. Having him go to his room where he's basically almost locked in a limited space, I think is a-okay. I think that's reasonable. I think that's fair. And he still has some space where he can move. But the only problem is he has other stuff to do. And if you tell him to go to his room and you tell him he does can't do the stuff that he loves to do, he still might do it anyway. Even though he's in his room trying to be punished, he'll still go around it. But my idea with this one is make sure that 
he's not doing anything he ain't supposed to do in his room. If he's going to his room for a punishment, he has to sit on the bed. I don't think that's right. That's a consequence. So definitely be on the eye while he's in his room. The next one is chores. It is a task that's beneficial for your household. The pro with this consequence is children do not want to work because let's be real here. Children sometimes like to be in lazy town. I'm not talking about lazy town where there's Sportacus on there. No, I'm talking about lazy town where it's just, hey, how you doing? I'm not going to work. I'm going to go play some video games. Hey, mom, have another grape soda. Like that type of lazy town. And I think that to make them work, is a great consequence because they're showing that, okay, you know what? I've had enough of your disrespect. You can work for it, and you can work for getting back on the track here. And it's not fair sometimes, but you know what? It's what we have to do in order for them to learn that if you won't pay with respect, you can pay me with hard labor. And I am a firm believer in the phrase, working builds character. I think it does build character, and it shows how you are in multiple aspects of a character, such as responsibility and respect. The idea of this would work, but I would also say there's a con with that, and it's for those on the spectrum, because they might like to work. In C-135, you start Monday for more information, but sometimes I know on the autism spectrum, they like the work. I know that I like the work of this, and this would not be a punishment if they took it away from me because I still find a way because it's my special interest, and I don't think they should take it away from me, obviously, but they may like the work of doing dishes. So if you're going to use this, then I would also tell them to pick a task they don't like, such as taking out the trash or getting the mail every day. The next idea, and this is one that ABA therapists use, is use first and then statements. An idea statement where they do a task and after the task, they get a reward. It would be like, first I do something, then I get something. It is mainly used in the ABA therapies. The pro with this, I think it shows a simple method. Work hard and play hard because I think it's what we do. It's not play hard, work hard. It's work hard first to get it and play hard. And if you think about it, it evens out the score. You get something, they get something. It's a win-win. The con though is... They may not be able to think about the task. All they can think about is their reward because what might happen is if you tell them that reward, that's all we can think on. We, we can't turn around the corner and look at the work. We can only look at the reward. And that's an issue which we have to get through. But I think with teaching, it might be able to turn the other corner and look at the other corner first and then go back to your other corner and look at the reward. So it's definitely going to take some time. But know if they cannot do it, they can't do it. But if they can... That's awesome. Definitely attempt to teach this way because it might be beneficial for the both of you. Another option that we have is, I call it the Marine Corps punishment. It is a discipline technique where they make you do exercise and work out to the core. Positive with this is not a hand is raised. And I know there are others out there with the hand that wasn't raised. I know that. But this is the most probably not hand raising one because all you got to do is be like, guess what, son? You just earned yourself 25 push-ups. Do her, please. Thank you. They just put the hands behind their back. No one got smacked. No one got nothing. All they did was do 25 push-ups. And you may do that. They listen. Good job. But also, I think it's beneficial because I think we're missing exercise. A lot of America is not really the healthiest country out there. And we are missing exercise. Well, I think this is solving the solution if we use this method because we'll get more healthier at the end so kind of a nice throw there as well the con though is it can turn to the unrealistic route okay you ask someone to do 30 push-ups in a minute 
I get that. That's fair consequence. But ask her to do 300 push-ups and 5,000 sit-ups? No, that's not reasonable. They cannot do that. So I say this is useful, but make it the right amount of exercise and the right amount of time for them to do it in order to make it effective. The final punishment is grounding. It is a common disciplinary technique that keeps children from going out during this time, all positive incentives are away and other honors, as in most cases, internet use, video games, or TV usage is gone. The pro with this is, I like this one, it's probably my favorite one out of all of them, is because it's the most realistic punishment that I know, because let's think about it. What happens if you don't pay your bills? You get your house taken from you and light bills taken from you, water taken out from you, you don't get anything in a sense. Or what happens if you slack at your job? I'm sorry, but your butt's fired. So it's the most realistic. It's teaching them that if you do not do this and behave, you're not going to get any positive incentives and there's going to be bigger consequences for you in the future. You should be thankful that this is the only consequence that you have. The problem though with this consequence is they could get defiant. I know, I'll admit it. I've been defiant when I've gotten ground. I'm like, you're not taking this from me. No. Well, then I would suggest do what my mom did. Take it anyway. Take it away, put it in a trash bag or take it away and it somewhere to where they can't find it or put it up somewhere where they can't reach it and i know it's hard to do and make into a show but that's what you gotta do i'll be honest with you aspies think about this you're not the one who paid for it they paid for it so it is theirs technically you're just using it but it's theirs because they paid for it and if you paid for it it would have been a whole new story I think they would have no right to take your toys or whatever. But since they paid for it, it's theirs. I know that everything around me, my mother's paid for with the exception of one thing that she will not be taking. But everything else, she paid for and it's hers and I'm using it. So definitely understand that. But if you're going to get defiant, then it's not going to go end well because mom or dad will take it regardless because they paid for it. If you get in their way, they're going to push you out and take take it regardless. So since it's not going to end pretty for you, I would definitely say just accept the consequence if you got grounded because there's no way that's going to go well if you try to get it. Before we go off the air, I want to know what are your methods though? What are the punishments in your household? Did you use any of the ones I suggested or something different? And if you are an adult, I'd like to know what consequences did you receive as a child? If you share them with me on info at autismrocksandrolls.com, you could win a free t-shirt. To conclude, get out of here, you know, little per- I'm going to slap you silly. No, I'm kidding. That's from Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. If you haven't seen that movie, check it out. But in all seriousness, to conclude, consequences must be in society. Although I do not agree with society for the majority, this is one of the rare cases that I do. I think we all have to learn from our mistakes, whether you are special needs or not. I know it's hard to accept the fact that we have a challenge on top of a daily challenge, but it's not acceptable to bite an adult. There is no shame in being punished for your errors that were created by yourself. I sadly cannot see how you have been through your life without a restriction because no one is perfect. And I know at some point you had to have screwed up. We all need discipline in our lives and self-control. When we can go outside of the small house, we all live and manage our flaws into a bigger world. Discipline does not even stop when you turn 18. You might have a bigger sense of how to act, but you're still going to make mistakes and receive consequences that are different from when you were six years old. My final thought is when the dust gets in your eyes, take it because the people out there that have more integrity are the people who are willing to admit their mistakes and take whatever slap in the face comes their way. Well, folks, I think that'll be all for us today. I hope you learned something about discipline. And I want you to practice better discipline and self-control skills.
Thanks for joining for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming very soon. Hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much. Thank you.